Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Green Bay, Wisconsin is a football town, and if you're a sports fan, you know exactly what type of football I mean. So how did Jay Demerit emerge as a soccer player? And what were the childhood challenges he faced on his incredible path to becoming a professional? Well, stick around for part two of my talk with Jay Demerit. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As you start thinking about your spring sports season, the TeamSnap app can help you spend more time focusing on coaching and less time worrying about the team management side of things. Even in this preseason time, coaches can use the app to start building relationships with players and parents through the messaging features. Plus, once your spring schedule's ready, put it on the app for parents to easily sync to their calendars. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com winning for more information. My first job after graduating from college was covering the Green Bay Packers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I remember being given a choice by my boss. You can live in Green Bay or you can live in Milwaukee and commute up to Green Bay every week. At that time, I wasn't a big fan of driving, so I decided to live in Green Bay. And there's no denying how much the Packers influenced the town and all the surrounding communities. That's why it's no surprise that so much of what influenced a young Jay Demerit centered on the Packers. The team is weaved into the fabric of the entire area with its trademark gold and dark green coloring virtually everything. In part two, Jay shares the multiple sports he played, why soccer jumped out for him, and some of the challenges he faced growing up in Green Bay. Let's get to it. Was soccer a thing in your family? Because I I saw a lot in the documentary and some of the stories that I read about history in your family of track and obviously a passion for football. But was soccer, was that a little bit of a non-traditional thing in the demerit household? It was non-traditional. Yeah. yeah. Like we were the first okay. and you and my cousins and stuff, like none of them really played soccer either. And so like my dad, but I, my dad always liked the sport. And he always coached us too, just as, cause we needed coaches. And my dad was just a sporting guy and he's like, Oh, I'll coach you guys. I think I can figure this out. But then my dad fell in love with the game and he became right. The year I left my high school, the year after that, my dad became the high school soccer coach too. And yeah. so he went on and he won, like we couldn't, we, I never won a conference championship when I was in high school at Bayport. And my dad came in a year after I left. I'm glad he didn't coach me in high school. Like that probably was for the best, but then he came in, took over the reins and he won like five conference championships in a row. I think my parents were just always, again, like it was a long line of coaches. So I kind of tried, I didn't try to live. I was just a part of this family that cared about sports and leadership and asking questions. And again, keeping accountability. And trying different things, right? Because it sounds like your grandmother really pushed for people to try a bunch of different sports, right? 
Yeah, and she again, she coached volleyball and track, and like yeah. I, again, I, I played basketball in the winters. And again, I always say this famously about my story: if I would have been a good basketball player, because I was a defender on the basketball court, I would take the goal, the scoring forward, not the goal scoring, the, the shooting forward, and I would shut them down. That was my job. I wasn't to score on the basketball court; I was a defensive person. So again, if I didn't have basketball and had built that mindset on like how to follow a person around, how to how to make them be a menace out there, how to do these things that I eventually did on the soccer field, I was an 18 year old forward recruited out of green Bay playing at an all state level up front. But then my first year at UIC, I was going to get red shirted. They weren't going to play me. They didn't know what to do with me and to injure to an injury and a red card to defenders in our first preseason tournament. And I go out and I, I get offered to the coach. He's like, have you ever played defender before? And that's like first ego check for me as a young player. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I just got here at college recruitment out of as a forward. I'm a goal scorer. What do you mean? And he's like, well, we don't have any defenders left. We got three games left in this tournament. Like, have you ever thought about it? He's like, I don't know what else to do. You're a good athlete. And then it hit me. I'm like, light bulb. I'm like, I know how to defend. Like, if it's just like box to box defending is like same as being in a lane in a three pointer and like follow that guy around, make him make his life difficult. Okay. (laughs) Is that what you want me to do? I said, I'm probably going to make some mistakes. I said, but if that's what you need me to do, I guess I'll give it a shot. And I always say this famously, like it took me three games to understand that I've been playing on a position for 18 years. It was that profound. Yeah. Three games. Yeah. And, and again, that yeah. that was that was one of the big like change of the tracks in my direction was like me saying yes. It's also one of yeah. the things we say to young players, say yes. You don't know. If you don't know, yeah. you don't know. So yeah. figure it out. No. Yeah. Say yes. Play defense. If you don't like it, now we know. It took me three three times and I was like, Whoa, this is I, I think I could be a good defender here. And I was wow. all conference my freshman year when I was supposed to be redshirted as a for, as a fresh mm-hmm. as a freshman being a forward. I, but I made yeah. second team all conference my freshman year, changing positions, never playing there, and the rest was history. And then and yeah. then that was my position, and, and just learned and grew from there. And but again, my coach had to be brave enough to ask me because a yeah. lot of coaches aren't brave enough either to, to get you challenge your players to get out of your comfort zone. Well, to see to see outside the obvious too, right? Here's here's a kid who's who's been playing forward, and to see something in you that he thought might translate to defender, which is obviously good athlete, apparently coachable. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so again, he, trust in your coaches too. Like you have to say right? yes and you have to go, oh, okay, coach, maybe you do see something yeah. that in me that I don't see. Sure. Yeah. Let's give it a shot. And, and I know yeah, now great. more than ever, that's a harder conversation. Yeah, it, it sure is. You're right. And, and the other word that you've talked a lot about is accountability. And that's also a kind of a scary word in this day and age. Before we get further, I do want to ask you this. How did being a little brother help you? Because when I watched Rise and Shine, it was really cool to see your older brother talk about elements of you and just the fearlessness and just this energy of you bouncing all over the place and then always competing with with older kids. So do you feel like being a little brother impacted you as an athlete? I do. I do. I talk about it a lot. And I, I was a, I was a younger brother that wasn't bullied by his older brother either. And I think that was another effect that gave me this kind of wild confidence because my brother again, wasn't, well, again, my brother grew late too. And he was older than me, but like by the time I was 18, I was bigger than him and he didn't want to mess with me anymore, which was, which was cool. But again, we wrestled, we competed, we did all the things that older brothers and younger brothers do. But again, I, I just remember my freshman year in high school, 
my brother asked me if he wanted, if I wanted to have a locker next to his. And I was like, like, that was one of the big things to be like, I can trust my older brother, man. He's looking out for me. And that's cool. I appreciate that. And so like, again, that always allowed me to like, you know, again, be the person that I am. I think a lot of times I was just able to be who I am. And once you learn who you are, a lot of the noise dies down. A lot of the, a lot of these things we don't think we are go away because we don't have to believe them because we know ourselves and we, we have confidence in ourselves. And so I think I was able to gain a lot of confidence in myself from zero to 18 because of the family support, because I was allowed to be this wild free, like guy that did a bunch of things and was supported in all my crazy ideas and all the things and that allowed me to be that. And so then when I left mm-hmm. home at 18 years old, I was like, I know who I am enough to start making my own decisions, to think that I'm going in the right direction, to monitor myself, keeping accountability, but also like, you know, annoying my supports right over here. Uh, I can take the risk now and I can move and do my thing and know I'm going to be loved if I mess it up. And then I go. And and then that kind of set the whole foundation for me. Hey, Jay, what's something you wrestled or struggled with in middle or high school? Was there anything that was a real big challenge for you and, and not even in sports in anything? Size. Because I was a little guy, uh, you know, again, I was a, I was a decent athlete. So that allowed me to like still feel like I was belonging. But I definitely questioned like I wasn't very big. I was little. I was trying to punch above my weight a lot of my life, you know, because I was mm-hmm. small. In a way, I think that does create a resiliency. And I do look at that as like a time where, again, basketball, I'd be marking some shooting forward that's like three or four inches taller than me. I was like, I just can't let him get the ball above his head. You know, like that's where my mind would go. I'd be like, okay, well, how can I disrupt him down there? I, yeah. I'll, I'll get in his face. I'll get there quicker because my feet are quicker than his. And so then I guess it was in my own mindset that I was trying to find advantages that maybe I could look at my disadvantages and focus on those. I think that's really, again, where we get back into this mindset where we can go one way or the other. You know, I think when we could look at how small you are, how little you are, how you're going to get bullied for doing that, or you can be like, well, now I'm little. Well, what advantages do I have that I'm little? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's that's where my mindset would kind of naturally go. I, I, again, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a very positive mindset. I'm not someone that really has had a lot of mental health challenges as far as like me getting deeper in within myself and losing confidence in myself. I think I've always been a very look on the bright side kind of person. So in middle or high school, nothing that you really kind of like struggled with that was like an adversity other than your typical lost a big game or tournament or anything like that or injuries or... No, I mean, I think when I was 16, I lost a friend to cancer. She was, that was a, mm. a, a thing that I was a pallbearer at her funeral. That was kind of my first loss yeah, where I had to really look at the mortality of who I was, my friendships, like losing a friend that young and like actually having to carry a small casket is not easy as a 16 year old. Yeah. And I think in a way that put into perspective a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, loss can do that, I think. What's one thing you'd tell your eight, 12 or 16 year old self? Be patient. I think that there's, and I say this to players all the time, they think at 16 that they have to make a pro or they have to be at Stanford. I'm like, you don't, you're 16. You should enjoy the training. You should get up every day and want it, but ultimately you should enjoy where you are. If we start thinking about Stanford in three years time, I'm gonna miss from 16 to 19. Those are some of the greatest years you'll ever live in your life. Like enjoy them, be patient in your process. And when you are, you will, and because when you are, when you practice patience, you look around more, you, you, you are more attentive to what's going on in this world. You're more present in, in what it is 
that you're doing in your life at that time. And I think, especially we live in a world now where instant gratification is more and more and more and more and more. And then it's now, 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 now. And it's like, be patient in the story. Be patient to know that you can take a breath and enjoy your life right now because you're 16 once. And then at 19, you're going to be like, I forgot about 16s. But that you shouldn't do that. You should enjoy it. And then eventually know that like being patient and understanding and using that mindset to like continue to like refine, refine, refine with patience, you'll be okay. You'll be just fine. When we start to get ahead of ourselves, when we start to predict our futures that don't actually exist and forget about what it actually is going to take to get us there. And that's the day process. That's the patience process. That's the positivity process. Like all of those things being practiced every day, you will definitely get to where you want to go. But first you have to exercise patience and that's just enjoy your time. Be present. Yeah, that's that's great wisdom right there. And that's definitely something I struggled with. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. Also, I've launched a new newsletter, the Youth Sports Sanctuary, which aims to provide a safe space to ask questions and engage in discussions on the important challenges and issues in youth sports. Before I close though, my presenting sponsor, Team Snap and I, are thrilled to present our Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches and youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student athletes. And we want to recognize Dante Prevet, who leads the planning and execution of coach education initiatives for the Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative. Among many other roles, Dante is the creator of NFL Flag Philly, and he's in his 15th year of coaching tackle and flag football, rugby, lacrosse, and basketball. Congratulations, Dante. Last but not least, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to app to help you have a successful spring sports season. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen.